Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. (laughs) (laughs) It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. A team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes... Chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Guru. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. Sorry, I just realized I said that whole thing. My on-air button was muted. It is another <laughs> It is another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is your intrepid trio, Kylan, Eric, and myself, Mike. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? I, I, I'm doing okay. A little stuffed up, a little nasally. I, I'm, I've been switching between, you know, sounding like this. To sounding like this. To sounding like this. Man, I'm sounding like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, now I'm back to normal. <laughs> you sound like you were in an exo armor, I swear. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give our regards to Master Chief there. There you go. Uh, it could be. I wonder if I do the radio right and, and dial it in just right. Will I sound like the... Uh, one of the uh, whatchamacallits, um, Death Troopers from Rogue One. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so how about now? Are we, are we there now? Are we there now? I hate <laughs> I, I know, it sounds horrible. But, oh well. <laughs> so, um, to kick things off for this show... How about a little Marvel feud? Aight. Let's do it. One of the best things is we were out Christmas shopping for my daughter, and we found Star Wars Family Feud. Guess what's going to be coming to Wookiee Radio. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, eight answers on the board. Name an Earth sport that Drax the Destroyer would enjoy playing. Kylan, you're going first. I'm going to go with the obvious one. Football. Number one answer. Eric. Rugby. Number three. Five more still on the board. Um, wrestling. Number five. That should be higher considering who plays tracks. This is true. Exactly. But not knowing when these questions were asked and this game was made. I think it's pretty safe to say that this game, that these questions were asked after Guardians of the Galaxy came out because otherwise the person on the street is not going to know who the crap tracks the destroyer is. This is that true too. Is true. Okay. So I guess it's me now. Yep. Okay. We've, we've got football, um, rugby and wrestling. Boxing. Kylan. Kylan. Uh, okay, mine, my audio just blanked out on me for a sec. Okay, so, uh, okay, and I did not hear what Eric's answer was. He said boxing. Ooh, Eric, okay. He was wrong. And a good one. 
and he was wrong. Really? Yep. So still. See, I want to call shenanigans every time we do this. I, I yeah, because I figure boxing would be a given. Okay. Uh, Earth sport that Drax would enjoy playing. Okay, I'm just shot in the dark. Um, dodgeball. Back to you, Eric. Mm, MMA fighting. Back to you, Kylan. We're going to get through this, and he's going to announce tennis was on that list, and I'm just going to like call ultimate shenanigans. Uh, uh, soccer? Number two. Really? Yeah, so go ahead, Eric. Basketball. Number seven. He would not like basketball. Oh, my God. Three answers okay, left. hold on. See? See? Hockey. And number four. Two answers left. Oh, man. Okay. Um... I'm going to hate myself in a moment, but baseball. Number eight. One uh, answer left. It's that number six okay. spot. Can you do it, Kylan? Ooh, this is tough. Okay, so we got football, basketball. Five seconds. Uh, Four, three, two. Track. Eric. I'm going to say it. I'll be shocked if it's on there. Tennis. No joke. <laughs> No joke. Number one, football. Two, soccer. Three, rugby. Four, hockey. Five, wrestling. Six, tennis. Seven, basketball. Eight, baseball. I didn't write these questions. I almost, I almost said golf. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm done. I, I, I got nothing. The Drax I know would, would not go near a tennis court. No. No. Well, if Thanos was on it, he'd go. But that's it. Uh, this that's, is true. That's it. This is true. I, I'm I'm done. I got nothing. I, wow. Well, how how about this? Um, apparently, Freeform's done as well with New Warriors. New, what? New Warriors will not appear on Freeform and is instead being shot to other outlets. You're going, huh? According to the Hollywood Reporter, and of course we're getting the story from CBR.com. According to the Hollywood Reporter, the pilot for the action comedy, a first for Marvel Television, tested well and pleased Disney executives, but Freeform apparently cannot place, cannot find a place for the 10-episode season on its expanding 2018 schedule. Okay, you know what? This is where you just say, okay, you look, there. there's a, 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 a lame teen drama that's in there somewhere you can axe. Yeah. I have seen the kind of shows that they put on Freeform. Yeah. They're very, they're very formal Formulaic, formulaic. Excuse me. They all they all resemble each other. Yeah. Yes. See, I don't. I don't. Even... I can't. I I can't believe that I'm actually fighting for this. Well, it's. Well, I, I'm looking at what's coming on to Freeform or what shows are on now that are active. Right. Uh, their schedule. Well, that doesn't help me either. I mean, they're getting cloak and dagger, right? I mean, that yeah. is that is still happening. Yeah. There's, uh, see, even their site doesn't make things easy to figure out what's what's coming on. There are four new shows listed as coming soon. Altogether, uh, Grownish, Cloak and Dagger, and Siren. Yeah, all right, whatever. I just, I cannot believe that I am fighting to get a show on Freeform. I, I just, I'm not. How many times have we been talking about what's coming to Freeform at, yeah. from Marvel, like this and Cloak and Dagger, and how many times have I said, I've got a bad feeling about this? Yeah. What? 
Well, it's because nobody nobody wants to see Squirrel Girl get the shaft, and that's what's happening. Uh, true. Sounds true, too. Um, now, the Hollywood Reporter notes that it's possible New Warriors could land at a an announced Disney-branded streaming service, but unnamed insiders characterized that, that scenario as a long shot. Its sources contend that Marvel is no longer permitted to sell television projects to other companies, which would limit the show's prospects. That said, Disney owns multiple broadcast and cable channels, co-owns A&E networks, and holds 30% stake in Hulu, which is going to be home to Runaways. Right. So, all right, all right. Uh, all of a sudden, I just had this mental image of new warriors landing on A and E. Please tell me it y'all can, think that's just that's funny because to me it's freaking hilarious. It could happen though. That's the thing. Yeah, it can happen, but I don't. Well, why not bring it to ABC on the the Tuesday night comedy or or Wednesday night comedies? Was a show there that could go away? Um, uh, most of them. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of biased because I don't watch much TV. I mean, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is pretty much the only network television show that I actually make an effort to watch. I mean, I hate to say it. I mean, I watch YouTube more than I watch network. Right. I, you know, I see the thing is pretty much for me, everything I watch is unapologetically like I like a lot of the t- t- television sitcoms I don't watch because I don't just I'm fine. I'm funny. Uh, so that being said, uh, outside of like Eric, outside of whatever ABC is showing besides Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. can go. Right. Because uh, there's, I, I don't watch anything else on ABC. I just don't. Right. Um, you know. Well, since I have brought up that New Warriors is kind of limited on where it can go, um, why don't we just segue that into the next story, which is all you, Kyle. Yeah, uh, yeah, so and now uh, this is a story that's on EpicStream.com, and and in the, the previous story, Mike touched on this. Uh, so Marvel will no longer be able to sell licenses to companies not owned by Disney. Yeah. So, uh, so that honestly means that the deal that we, that Disney had with Netflix or Marvel has with Netflix, uh, at least, uh, for the time to come, we're, we're not going to see that anymore. Uh, uh, it's just, and I can understand it from, uh, a business perspective to a certain degree, but at the same time, I don't know how this is going to benefit them long term. Uh, I know that that we know that Marvel or that Disney is putting out a streaming service, uh, and we know that there's talk. Well, okay, so is is the talk? Is it legit that they're going to be taking the Marvel shows outside of the Netflix stuff and taking it over to their service, including Star Wars, or no? Uh, from what I think we've reported on here and over on Weeby Geeks, yes. Um, originally, it was just going to be Disney Pixar stuff. So Disney Channel, you know, all the years of Disney Channel and everything that's Disney owned across all networks could end up being played on the streaming service, all the movies. And then they were saying originally, well, Star Wars would have their own, Marvel would have their own. Well, cool. Marvel, there's enough material there for the most part where the streaming service would be viable maybe for a year. Right, Star right. Wars, you got maybe 
three months, four months, maybe. But then they said everything's going to come together, and it's going to be one whole umbrella streaming service, which would also yeah. Include you know, well, okay, well, so this is what they mean by hashtag. It's all connected. Apparently, yeah. we're we're going to see Lola flying next to the Falcon in battle in episode twelve uh, of uh, Star Wars. Episode twelve. It's all connected, dude. You, you just sounded like you. You just sounded like the last time we played Disney Infinity. <laughs> yeah, I was making my head hurt. Man, that's, uh, I mean, okay. So the thing is, with the success that Netflix has had with the Marvel shows, uh, a lot of people, including people like me, and my, and I know I can, I feel like I can say that uh, Mike and Eric feel the same way too. We've been anticipating uh, how ne- how Netflix is going to treat a lot of second tier characters. Uh, we're all looking forward to Punisher, and I I got this feeling that I don't know why, but I just got the feeling deep in my gut that we're going to get Moon Knight. And so a deal like if, based on the deal now, it doesn't look like it. Those properties are moving, no. but be thankful that this deal took place prior to today, because otherwise we're not going to be seeing that. And here's a direct quote from the the interview. I mean, sorry, from the uh, article. Uh, the news can be can come as a double-edged uh, sword. So newer characters may have a harder time now to step into the spotlight. Now we can be sure that any more Marvel shows that happen in the future will be under the same banner, meaning there will be a more cohesive universe. Much as I like the Marvel Netflix show, they don't really feel like they're part of the larger MCU. Right. But so, we've had that, we've had that complaint for a while, though. We have, but at the same time, I I like that they have this feeling that they're their own universe. I mean, right. even even in the comics, you know, if you're reading if you're reading Jessica Jones or Daredevil or Luke Cage or or, or one of the street level characters, they, there's a their their world is just as big as Iron Man and Thor and Hulk and all the other characters that are fighting the big galactic level monsters. And right. also, and in both of those worlds are as full as the X universe. You know, it's mm-hmm. just it's a ma- it's a matter of perspective. Um, and so you know, on one side of it, okay, yeah, you know, I get it. You know, people like this idea of getting the same experience in your living room that you're getting in the movie theater, and you want the same experience to translate to your comic. I get that, but at the same time, I feel like you're missing out on something as right. well because each world, each each universe has its own feel and its own flavor, and to seek the similarities from all of them kind of takes something away at the same time. Right. Well, here's, here's the one thing about this. We're lucky Punisher is coming out because if not, there'd be no Punisher. We're already in, we're already in jeopardy of no Moon Knight, no Blade, no um, Sons of Midnight, no any of that. At this point in time, anything new has stopped developing until I guess they decide what they're going to do with the streaming service or what they're going to decide I, to throw onto to Hulu. Right. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, uh, uh, no, nothing against Disney, but. Netflix knew that if we're doing a proper Daredevil story, it's gotta be gritty. If we're doing Jessica Jones, she's gotta she's gotta say the F word. You know, right. or, or, or or at least feel like she said the F word. You know? Mm-hmm. It, it's got it, those worlds could not be created 
from Dizzy Stoops. It just couldn't happen. Okay. And I, I'm not. I'm not knocking it. I'm not knocking it. I'm just kind of. I'm just stating a fact as I see it. So. But at the same time, I'm not disagreeing with you. Under the Walt Disney Studios banner, you're absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. But Disney owns multiple banners. And that's I true mean, too. they they own Touchstone. They used to own Miramax. Right. And so I mean, you. I think you can have uh, this Disney streaming service that we still have no idea what to expect from. They have enough of a repertoire to be able to put out. I mean, you get Chip and Dale fighting over Clarice. You you have Mickey and Minnie go out on a date, but you could also have the gritty Daredevil and the the swearing like a sailor Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just just because it has Disney's name on it does not mean it's going to be rated G. Right, and you're right. So and- they're going to have to they're going to have to fight that. I know because you're not the only one that has that perception. So Disney is going to have to take steps to I I don't want to say have sub channels, right. but sub channels. I mean, mm-hmm. you have a uh, you have a an adult channel, you have a teen channel. You can right. kind of like the way the Disney the, the the Disney cable networks are doing now. You have uh you, you have the Disney Channel, you have Disney Junior, you have uh Disney XD, just so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Throw in some more adulties things, and there you go. And and I I thoroughly agree with you. And that may hopefully, if things go the way that this article and another article that we were looking at tonight. Well, if if we if things do proceed that way, uh, I would love to see Disney embrace the moment and rise to it and say, okay, you know, if you guys, we know you guys are are, you know, are responsible for this content being here and we want to thank you for that we're going to honor that by you know right well think about this though Disney just pretty much consolidated all their streaming services to Disney now so Disney XD Disney Channel Disney Junior is all Disney now and a few other things because on Disney now is a D23 network or channel Um, Mm -hmm. they just merged Disney Movies Anywhere to this new app called Movies Anywhere where they're partnered with Fox Sony and a few other groups mm. for for movies. So now when you get the the code for Guardians 2 or the upcoming Thor Ragnarok, you redeem it through Movies Anywhere, not well, you you can still redeem it at Disney Movie Rewards, but to get your digital copy it goes through Disney it goes through Movies Anywhere, not Disney Movies Anywhere. Okay, here's also a thought. Disney does not fully own who. No, they own 30 30% in partnership with NBC Universal, Fox, and Time Warner. Okay, so it doesn't have fully owned for the for Marvel to be able to sell it. Correct. Okay. What would happen if Disney were to purchase, like, say, a partial stake in Netflix? Then the shows could, would most likely stay, and then chance for uh, new, I mean, just, new IPs to develop. But the the thing is, what I'm saying here is that qualifies. That's not without. That's not outside the realm of possibility. Right. Disney has been on an acquisition kick in the in recent years. Right. I mean, we we know di- uh, they purchased, they acquired Marvel in 2009. They acquired Lucasfilm in 2012. That's not been the only things they've acquired. See, even the dog knows I'm right. Yeah. Well, it- <laughs> we know we're getting to that. So it's, it's not outside the realm of possibility for there to be more acquisitions on the horizon. Right. Well, here here's 
what television networks Disney owns. Uh, you get the Disney ABC television group, which of course is ABC, uh, Walt Disney Television, Hulu, uh, 30%, Disney Media Distribution, um, ABC Radio and Television, uh, the A&E Networks, which is A&E, History, Lifetime, um, Viceland, Ooh. which were a heard, 10% heard minority, uh, with ABC Entertainment Group, ABC Digital, ABC Entertainment, ABC Studios, formerly Touchstone Television and ABC Television Studios, Greengrass Productions, I mean, a few production companies, ABC Family Worldwide. This is what gets interesting and brings up something interesting to me. I'll let you guys figure it out once we get there. Freeform, ABC Spark, which I'm not familiar with ABC Spark, ABC Family Digital, Proco, which is ABC Family Production Company, BVS Entertainment, formerly Saban Entertainment. Underneath Saban is Saban forward slash Fox Kids Library. Hmm. hmm. What? You know, then you got <laughs> Disney Channels Worldwide, um, which is Disney Channel, Cinemagic, Disney Junior, Disney XD, Humanga TV, Radio Disney, you know, ESPN, etc., etc. Now, Fox Kids Network or Fox Kids Library? Let's see. How about some of the programming that was on broadcast by Fox Kids. Action Man, Bad Dog, Beast Wars, Transformers, Beyblade, Shin Chan, Digimon, Galdor, Heavy Gear, the anime series, Metabots, Monster Rancher, uh, oh wait, that's Australia. Never mind. Let me find the American ones. <laughs> Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, Bobby's World, Fox's Funhouse, Fox's Peter Pan and the Pirates, Pigsburg Pigs, Tom and Jerry Kids, Sazu, Specials, Swamp Thing, uh, Year Two, Beetlejuice, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, Little Shop, Muppet Babies, Reruns Only, Tasmania, uh, Year 3, um, The Highlights, Batman the Anime Series. Yeah, I don't think that's coming to a Disney uh, streaming service near us. No. George of the Jungle, Super Dave, uh, The Plucky Duck Show, X-Men. Plucky Duck got his own show? Yep. How did I miss that? X-Men? Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> yep. Um, year 4, Animaniacs, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, the spring premiere of X-Men, Where in the World, Where on Earth is Carmen Sandiego? Uh, year 5, let's add Spider-Man, um, let's add The Tick, let's add Jim Henson's Animal Show. Uh, year six, we'll add to that Goosebumps because um, all these other shows are still pretty much there. Yeah. Uh, X-Men comes back. Spider-Man's still around. Um, Ninja Turtles, the new, the next mutation. Um, Godzilla, the series. I'm just going through this list. Uh, Young Hercules. Uh, Transformers with Beast Machines and Beast Wars. Um, the Avengers United They Stand. Spider-Man Unlimited. Um, um, Lost Luchadors, which was a great show. Uh, year 12, Transformers, Robot in the Skies uh, is another one. There is quite, I mean, this now adds the X-Men cartoons to the Disney streaming service and the Fox Spider-Man series. So I I don't think you could top that. So is there quite a bit of stuff that could be added? I think so. It, it, it can make the streaming service quite interesting. That's all I got to say. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, there's there's so much because, and this is what a lot of people had issues with when they found out that Disney was acquiring Marvel and also Disney was acquiring Lucasfilm because all they knew about and, and pretty much all they envisioned of Disney was singing warthogs and fairy tale princesses. And they just, they did not realize, they did not know, maybe they didn't even care to learn that Disney has its corporate hands in a lot of different yes. networks yeah. and a 
lot of diverse networks that you would not think that they would have anything to do with, boom, there they are. So I, the fact that they're doing a, a, a streaming service does not bother me. The The fact that they are potentially limiting where Marvel can take their shows, can sell their shows, that does kind of bother me a little bit. But at the same time, with the breadth of networks that they have an ownership stake in, that's not as limiting as you might think at first glance. No, no, I don't think so. Um, it's, if, if you knew some of the shows or some of the networks when Disney has acquired things that Disney immediately right. sold off because they didn't fit, fit the Disney mold, you would be quite surprised. Mm. So, um, I think being quite surprised, how, how about uh, John Bernthal when he went to a comic shop? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is on the subject of kind of tying into the, the subject we were just talking about uh, with the Netflix. And of course, we know that we're getting Punisher as a standalone series because he went over so well in season two of daredevil well this was a, a meme that was posted on the uh, on the the facebook groups just uh, just i saw it today i mean it's been posted time and time again but uh, it just kind of like hit me when i read it this uh this was time he looks like he's on conan i think was it uh kylan yeah but yeah it looked like it was conan i believe okay ba- ba- at least based on the back uh, the, the best i can get is the background but it looked like it was conan yeah so he's talking about how he's trying to prepare for the role. And he says, I went to a comic box stop, uh, shop in Brooklyn to get a stack of Punisher comics and go up to buy them. He looks at me and says, yeah, I know who you are. I go, okay, cool, man. I just want to buy these comics. He goes, no, you don't. You're not taking this. You're not taking this. You're not taking this. You need to read this, 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 and this. So he's like, I was like, okay, dude. And he's like, do not mess this up. Then he says, I got it, bro. I got it. Okay, so that right there, this it, it suddenly hit me that this ties into a lot of conversations that we've had here on the show uh, over you know the past you know past several months, <laughs> years, shall we say? Yeah, it's been that long. Uh, talking about the, uh, the the your local comic book shop and how it can help Marvel. Uh, first of all, help its sales. Yes, because we've had that we've had that conversation where you know Marvel's comic book sales not doing quite as well as the distinguished competition and we've, we've had our theories over the uh, over the issues about you know why that's happening uh you know their their strategy seems like let's just throw stuff to the wall see what sticks uh the whole secret empire thing where people just got burnt out from it uh that sort of thing but this right here is an example of how your local comic book shop can really act as this is going to be a terrible analogy but act as a sherpa guide because you you have the hardcore comic book fans that have been following this since they were old enough to read that sort of thing. But the great thing about the Marvel movies is that while they not always been faithful to the comic book, comic book, which even the comic are not faithful to the comic book lines at times, but you have tons of people out there, the movies and the TV shows, the Netflix shows, that's their only taste of Marvel. True. That's the, that's all they know. So they wander into a comic book shop 
stop and they go, uh, you know, I want to read more Punisher. You know, I, I want to, you know, I, I love this Netflix series. I want to want to read more about him. This is an opportunity for the comic book shop staff to to do what the, what that guy did and just say, you want this, 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 and this. If you really want to know the true the 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 quintessential essence of the Punisher uh, as he's in the MCU or uh, the just these are the 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 best stories. Uh, these are like the greatest hits of the Punisher. And I think you're going to have a ton of comic book shop staffers who know the material enough to be able to do that. Right. But it's where I think Marvel has a tremendous opportunity to help the local comic book shop staffers, the owners, the 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 employees build on that. Like say if if Marvel comes out and says, "Okay, here is a reading list for Punisher in the MCU." Like you want to know MCU Punisher, you read this storyline or you read this arc from this artist or this this writer. And I think that to me that's just, that's a wonderful thing and it's is something that Marvel could do to differentiate themselves from the commission that can uh that basically can build up goodwill among its readers. And let's face it, Marvel needs to do that quite a bit. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, after some of the things that have gone on, they got to do this. They need to build up that goodwill back. And this is a class A way because first of all, doing this helps it helps put the local comic book shops in a better light because you go in if the Marvel people are providing them with information, reading topics and stuff like that, they can say, look, you want to try this storyline, this storyline, and it makes them look more knowledgeable and it makes them feel more helpful. These people come away with more of a feeling of goodwill that it's like they know their stuff and they help me. It's that additional level of service because they care about the product, whether they care about it or not. Of course, of course, they do care about it from a pure business sense. But you see where I'm going here. And plus, it makes Marvel look better because people are buying more of their stuff. Right. So I guess it's just like one of those. It was just this is this meme is really just an excuse for me to rant. Really, I don't call it a rant to get on the soapbox and just say, hey, Marvel, if you're listening, there's no reason you shouldn't be. This is gold. Write this down. We will let somebody at Marvel take the credit for it. We just want it to happen. Right. Well, for us to continue on, I will say I came across a picture on Facebook, and I'm sorry, it, de- it de- this man deserves it. Chris Pratt taking his son trick-or-treating. Yes! 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 And his son, Chris Evans for the win, is dressed as Captain America. Uh... Not Star-Lord, but Captain America. And the picture, or the caption underneath, when everyone wants to dress as your superhero for Halloween, except your own kid. <laughs> so, <coughs> coming December 1st, we have um, Season 5 of S.H.I.E.L.D. returning, which is pretty much going to be, I think they're going to do one or two one or two weeks, take their winter break, and then right back into it after, after the new year. Um, they're going to be in a new setting. Uh, the crew are headed to space. This comes with new characters, and you get a good look at several of them in the gallery above. In the gallery, we see the first images of Deke, Tess, Flint, and Grill, and learn more about them via newly released character descriptions. Uh, last season, we see Agent Coulson and the team save the world with the help of Ghost Rider. Uh, of course, all this is coming from um, Marvel.com. And in a rare moment of celebration, the team's night off was interrupted by a mysterious man and an elite squad. Next thing we know, we see Coulson on board a ship in deep space. T- together, they will discover where they are and how to get home while the clock ticks out, out on humanity. Uh, these secrets and mysteries are only the beginning for what will sure to be the most surprising 
surprising and exhilarating shield adventure yet. Now, Deke, who's being played by Jeff Ward, is the ultimate survivor and roguish scavenger. The guy who could get people what they need, but at a price for his asking. With his sharp mind and quick wit, he is both a real asset in a tight spot and a hard man to trust. Uh, Tess is resourceful, striving to be self-sufficient in very in very desperate circumstances. But she has hung on to her hopes for a better future for herself and those closest to her. She has living proof that even in the toughest times, good people will still fight for each other. Flint is a young man who's been forced to grow up fast in a tough environment, but still has lost his desire to make something of himself. When he crossed paths with our SHIELD team, he just may get the chance to prove that he's capable of big things. And then Grill. Uh, Grill is a gruff taskmaster lording over those under his command with an unforgiving temperament. He has no illusions about the world he lives in and makes him a man not easily fooled or crossed. So those are the new characters we're about to meet in S.H.I.E.L.D. And I'm seeing a lot. I'm following along the picture. And in at least two of these pictures, it's very clearly in space along with Coulson. Deke's picture looks almost like he's sitting on Coulson's bunk. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard for me to make out where exactly Grill is because he's in like a he's in front of a a metal cabinet, right? But it looks like something that you would have gotten from Home Depot and left out in the rain for fifteen years. So it does not it does not have a very spacey look to it, right? Uh, so it makes me wonder where are they going to encounter these characters, and are they going to be like primarily in this big spaceship or space station? Are they going to be like somewhere? on the ground and if so does that mean that Colson and company come back down to earth every once in a while I don't know so it'll be interesting to look forward to yeah yeah so you think that so so are we pretty much in agreement this is final season um quite possibly I mean you know Chandra Rhymes is no longer at ABC so we ain't got to fight Shondaland for this no and Shondaland's pretty much been restricted to just Thursdays now with the shows that she does have left no. so we'll see um, I, I would but, like to see I'd like to see another season because the past couple of seasons have been so much better than the first right I, I think if it is an end it's as we've talked about in the past we are initially said if it, if it was going to end it was going to wrap right after the Avengers. Okay, well it continued on it, then we thought, well it's going to wrap with Age of Ultron once that was announced. I think it's going to, I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. if it doesn't go beyond the fifth season, I would say by 2019, season six could be its last as it wraps in conjunction with part two of Avengers, since Avengers, the final Avengers films being split into parts one and two, even though it's going to have two separate names. It's essentially part one and two. I think by the end of part two is when it's done. That's my thought. You know, some, sometimes people will get lost because they want to know the difference between one and two. Why don't you just tell them right up front or label each side one, two? Well, they, I don't know. They did initially. I mean, it was going to be Avengers Infinity War 1, Avengers Infinity War 2, and then they decided no, the first one's going to be Infinity War, and then the second one's going to be completely something different. So, it's going to be Avengers something. So, um, speaking of movies and something else potentially coming down the road, how about that uh, spinoff that may be coming out? 
That'd be you, Kylan. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> we have, we have, oh my, where are you? Where? This is what I get for being. <laughs> okay, yeah, so we have, we saw X-23 in Logan. Right. And it was exciting to see that. And so it's looking like um, they're preparing for an X-23 spinoff. So, which, now the, here's the thing. I was expecting to see X-23 with New Mutants, which we talked about. Was it last week we talked about the New Mutants? Um, trailer? Uh, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago? I think it was two weeks ago. Yeah, so I believe it was like two weeks ago. Yeah, it was two weeks ago. So yeah, so so we were talking about that and so, but we're going to they're they're developing uh, the, the X-23 spinoff on, this is and this is from therealstanlee.com and so uh, the Logan, Logan director, James Mangold admitted that he and a team of writers are working on a script that would most likely feature uh Daph is it Daphne is that, that pronounced her name da- Daphne Keen uh returning as young X23 uh all of the, it, but uh, as I continue here it says however no one is entirely sure that Laura Kenny will be receiving her own spin-off at all since starting a script does not necessarily mean that the production has begun in tandem so so what we're getting our X23 is will be the one from low as opposed to what we're getting from the comics, I get. That's what I'm getting from here. Uh, well, we're one step closer regardless. Right. Right. If it happens or not. Yeah. I, I, you know, I I like I, I liked X-23. I like that version. Uh, I, I don't know how I would feel about about a, a, a movie, an action movie like that featuring or focusing the, where the main character is a child. I don't know. I don't know. But but then again, you know, it depends on how they how they take this. We're we're talking right at we're we're talking at the very beginning here. So there's a lot of places this could go. They could yeah. decide they want to time jump it, you know. Yeah. And if they want to do that, then you know, we're this this part of the conversation is moot. <laughs> but right. um, but yeah, so that's what they're that's what they're looking at. Um, and I, I guess part of it is due to the success of Wonder Woman. Uh, I guess they're they're liking the idea of movies featuring strong female characters. I'm all for that. Uh, which at that point I would say, hey, if this is what we're talking about, let's age her up a bit. <laughs> you know, let let let's yeah. do the age her up as opposed to you know see how a girl has to deal with the death of her dad and being a mutant and living in a world where nobody where where nobody likes her. I don't know. That's that's enough angst as it is. So right. I would I would agree that if she would have her own movie, they need to age her up. I, I, it's one thing to have like a a, a movie like Logan yes. with her as pretty much the the protege, the sidekick, the uh, the kid. She is not the primary character of the movie, though. Right? No, no. And I think it just it, it would just work better if she was you know age her up to like eighteen years old or so. Yes. Yeah. Now I I do. On a 
on a related note, I want I, I will take a moment to sell to tell everybody if you're not watching The Gifted, do yourself a favor and watch The Gift. It is probably the best. It, it, it is the X Men series that we've all deserved. I'm just gonna put that out there. Just saying. I need to get caught up. I I will admit. I but I think I've had a pretty good reason why I have fallen behind on some things, and it's just been difficult yeah. to get caught up. And, and I, honestly, I, I I haven't caught up on everything. I made I, I I had to pick and choose. Hopefully, I'll be caught up on everything soon. But yeah, the the strength that I mean, they get okay. You you know how uh with X Men, there's so many things going on. You got the right. whole thing of you know the people trying to figure out who they are, and then you got the government doesn't like us and then you got the infighting within the group and then you got the pressure of the outside world and people trying to cope with that right this show gets it I, it's wow I, I, i'm serious just uh it, it feels like every episode is a mini movie but i will tell you because uh matt nix is behind us and he was the guy that was uh the, he was the guy behind uh black uh burn burn notice yeah he was a person behind burn notice i love burn notice uh is burn notice uh is very noir very noir very cinematic at the same time this guy is able to get to the heart of the property and for it to be a small screen show it is very big that's all i'm gonna say about it. okay well before we get into our picks of the week eric teased us last week with stats for a certain beloved character <laughs> yeah we were talking about the old marvel superheroes role-playing game put out by TSR back in the uh, I want to say you know, mid to late 80s and uh, we did I did actually find stats for Howard the Duck before we got off the air but didn't have time to do it so here we go I have pulled them up and this is uh, from the uh, Gamers Handbook of the Marvel Universe uh, published uh, copyright 1988 uh, Howard the Duck his uh, statistics and I'll translate as we go along the old phase rip if if, if those of you who actually remember that, uh, phase rip stands for fighting ability, agility, strength, endurance, reason, intuition, psyche, that right there. So those are like the the, the attributes for each character. Uh, oh, well, I got to go back here. Okay. Uh, Howard's fighting abilities are considered good. His agility is considered good. His strength, raw physical strength, is typical, which is basically average human being. Uh, endurance. For a duck. There you go. Endurance, good. Reason, now, what reason is, because there's reason, intuition, and psyche. These are your three mental attributes. Reason is a measure of intelligence and the capacity for large thought, which sounds reasonable. Uh, intuition is a measure of wisdom, wits, common sense, and battle reflexes uh, used to discover clues, uh, determine initiative in combat, that sort of thing. Psyche is a measure of mental strength and willpower, and that's mainly used to show resistance to mental and, uh, and will-dominating attacks. Now, uh, Howard's reason and intuition are both good, but his psyche is classified as remarkable, which is above and beyond 
normal human beings. Uh, let's see. Health is 36. He's got 36 hit points, basically. Uh, his resources, feeble. <laughs> <laughs> in other words, he's kind of broke. Uh, background information, real name, Howard. Occupation, cab driver, presidential candidate, adventurer. Legal status, citizen of Duck World. Identity. Now, this is just this is just sad. Most people believe Howard is a midget in a duck suit, not a real talking duck. Aww. His place of birth, get this, are you ready for this? New Stork City in Duck World. Known relatives, he's got, his parents are named uh, Ronald and Henrietta. He's got two siblings, Teresa and Orville. Who wants to see an Orville the Duck limited series? What do you think? <laughs> uh, past group affiliations, an unwilling ally of Man-Thing and the Defenders. <laughs> now, known powers. Uh, there's a magic power, says Howard possesses as yet undefined mystical powers of apparently amazing rank wow uh, amazing, yes. So, I mean, not he's, we're not talking Doctor Strange, but halfway to Strange between halfway between Strange and a normal person, I would believe. Um, Mike, did you know that he had an Iron Duck armor suit? I did. Okay. What about you, Colin? Did you know that? I did not know. Why? Why does he have a power suit? Howard possesses a special suit of powered armor, which bestows the following powers on its wearer: springs enable him to leap as high as one story vertically. Uh, excellent protection from physical attacks. That means it's going to most stop most small arms. Uh, a flamethrower, which does excellent damage. A lamp, which provides light of typical intensity. So basically, he's got a flamethrower, springs, and a lamp. A flashlight, you know, so he can aim the flamethrower. Wow. Uh, now, yeah, now, under talents, Howard possesses an excellent mastery of quack foo, which you knew that if you watched the movie. And uh, here's, the, here's the description of quack foo. An obscure martial art usable only by waterfowl. Okay. <laughs> With it, Howard can slam or stun larger opponents. So there you go. It's all stuff to make you just get all quacked up. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Hey, you knew it was coming. Uh, you you knew it was coming. Oh, we we're just waiting for you to play the clip. I'm <laughs> being careful these days because it's licensed material. Okay. Uh, even though even though it's a small clip and we usually talk over it, I'm just trying to be careful these days. Uh, okay. I know. I want to. I do. But I know you want to. I mean, well, how about roll the Shazbots instead then? We will play the Shazbots instead. So, it is that time. What time can that be? Well, time for... Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there it was. Time for the picks of the week. <laughs> so, um, Eric, why don't you start us off since you have the Marvel Unlimited pick this week? Okay. Uh, my first pick of the week is a number two. It is Spirits of Vengeance number two. Uh, War at the Gates of Hell part two. Uh, someone's unearthed a weapon that can tip scales in the war between heaven and hell. Now, that's all that it says uh, on the uh, description for number two. But I pulled up number one, and this is just pretty much a, co a continuation of it, so I'm going to read this as well. Uh, Spirits of Vengeance, number one says, A dead angel, a silver bullet, a kept promise. For ages, the war between heaven and hell rages in the unseen corners of society, both sides a delicate balance that could topple if the right weapons were in the wrong hands. When an undercover angel is murdered, Johnny Blaze, the Ghost Rider, the original Ghost Rider, must find the killers and punish them. 
them. But this time, he won't do it alone. Damien Hellstrom, Satana, and Blade, they are the spirits of vengeance. So if you're pulling out Damien Hellstrom and Satana, you're digging. You are digging into the archives pretty deep. Yeah, yeah, you are. Uh, I mean, the, the only ones that missing are what, Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange and Brother Voodoo? Yeah, possibly. All right. Uh, my pick uh, is uh, Master of Kung Fu, number 126. Um, the writer is CM Punk. Uh, the artist is Dalibor Talajic. And the cover artist is Mike Mayhew. Shang-Chi's Day Off, part one of one. The Marvel Universe is full of fighters, brawlers, scrappers, weapons experts, mystical kung fu virtuosi. But there's only one martial artist skilled enough to be called the greatest. Shang-Chi has been a pinch hitter for a long time, stepping in for the Avengers, stepping in for Avengers missions when no one else would would do. But when no one can match you for speed of skill, sometimes it's best to work alone. To see what you've been missing if you don't know, see what you've been missing if you don't know Shang-Chi, don't miss Master of Kung Fu. Yeah. So whoever is going to be lucky, this looks like it'll be an awesome uh, introduction title to uh, Shang-Chi in his world. I think so, yeah. Well, my first pick of the week, The Unbelievable Gwynpool, number 22. Doom sees you, part two. Doom is on a, or Gwyn is on a mission to get the attention of the Avengers. So what does she do? Understand the infamous Doctor Doom. <laughs> Writer is Christopher Hastings and Irene Strashansk is the artist. And I love how she's holding an umbrella and the card is See You Soon Gwen and it says greetings from Latveria. So, uh, Eric, our, start us off with our second picks of the week. Uh, second pick of the week is Despicable Deadpool number 289 written by Jerry Duggan. Art by Scott Koblish and cover art by David Lopez. Deadpool kills Cable part three. Yeah, Deadpool's still on a mission to bump off his best buddy Cable, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have time to fight some dinosaurs because who wouldn't want to punch a dinosaur? Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. <laughs> Kylan, your second pick of the week. My second pick of the week is a number two, actually. Falcon, number two. Uh, the writer is Rodney Barnes. The artist is Joshua Kassara and the cover artist is Jesus says Take Flight Part 2. The Falcon and the Patriot fight to restore order as a full-scale non- as a full-scale riot threatens to destroy the city of Chicago. But little do they know the rage behind the burgeoning brawl is being brought about by the demon prince and son of Mephisto, Blackheart. Can Sam and Sean find a way to even the odds? Or will they be swallowed whole by forces from beyond this world? Okay. Well, this one should come as no surprise either. Uh, the riot is Ryan North. Artist is Raza. The unbeatable Squirrel Girl number 26. In this special standalone issue, Squirrel Girl has convinced Carhold and otherwise introduced her friends in the Marvel Universe to make comics of their own. For the very first time ever, find out what kind of comics your favorite Marvel characters would really make. Will Tony Stark write author insert coffee shop alternate reality comics where everyone talks up how great he is? It seems likely yet he has given us something even crazier to publish. Featuring tons of special guest artists, including a legendary comic strip artist making his Marvel debut. This unique view of both Squirrel Girl and the Marvel Universe is sure to make readers laugh. Turn the page, read a bit, see a new joke, and then laugh again. So it may also make readers say, oh my gosh, you've got to read this comic. I'm so glad I purchased it at my local comic book store and definitely patronize them again in the near future. No other comic is making this explicit promise this month. So in our opinion, 
opinion, you should definitely order our Talking Squirrel comic book. <laughs> so there. So, That's awesome. <laughs> Eric, final book of the week. Final book of the week is Spider-Man Deadpool number 23. Written by Robbie Thompson. Art, Chris Bacalo. Bacalo. You say Bacalo, I say Bacalo. Yeah, let's just read the whole thing. Alright, Spider-Man versus Deadpool, part one. When Spider-Man learns that Deadpool is selling shield tech on the black market, it's the last straw. Bromance? Over. It's time to hunt Deadpool. The two biggest characters in comments are facing off, and it's going to take them all over the Marvel Universe, no holds barred. As you can see from the cover, well, you can't because this is on the radio or podcast, Deadpool's even willing to use his laser sharks. Sharks with freaking laser beams. And it will all lead to the biggest Spider-Man Deadpool story of all time. Dun-dun. Yeah. Dun-dun. Dun. Well, Kylan, hit us up with your final book of the week. My final book of the week is Daredevil number 595. The writer is Charles Soule. The artist is Stefano Landini. And the cover artist is Bill Sinkovich. 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 Thank you. Ugh, you know what? I feel dirty even saying this. Mayor Fisk, part one. Ugh. Mm. New York City has fallen to Wilson Fisk, the kingpin, Daredevil's greatest and deadliest adversary. Matt Murdock has has the law, and he has his superhuman abilities. But Fisk has an entire city on his side. What can one man do? If he's Daredevil, he can fight. Plus, includes three bonus uh, Marvel Prime pages. Okay. That's that. Well, my final pick of the week it comes to us from writer Karen Gillian, artist of Salvador La Roca. You're wondering, well, what could this be? How about Star Wars number 38? The Ashes of Jeddah, Karen Gillian's first issue on Star Wars. The Rebel Alliance turns its attention to the shattered planet of Jeddah. Once the site of great significance to the Jedi, Jeddah has left in, was left in ruins when the Death Star annihilated the holy city there. Now, new series writer Karen Gillian joins Salvador LaRocca to bring Luke, Leia, Han, and the rest of the remains, or, and the rest to the remains of the tragic, of the tragic victim of the Empire's fury. So, sorry to see Jason leave, but I'm excited to, to see where Karen, uh, where Karen takes us next. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yes, it is. So, um, Eric, your Marvel Unlimited pick for the week. Okay. As I usually like to tie in my Marvel Unlimited picks to things that we are either discussing in the uh, in the show or things that are kind of timely in the outside world. Well, this week is no exception because Thor Ragnarok comes out this weekend. As a matter of fact, Kylan, you sorry dog, you have already seen it. Yes, I have. Yes, yes. You won't spoil it for us. You just said it was I awesome. I will not. Uh, it is awesome. That's but we don't, have to, we don't have to know the story we don't have to know the spoilers to know that one sequence in the movie has Thor trying to you know get access to a computer by uh, giving a password of strongest Avenger you remember that yep. you've seen that trailer yes, yeah where he's yes. kind of like you know Thor strongest Avenger you know and sorry don't recognize that and then Banner comes up and says uh you know Banner Bruce welcome strongest Avenger and of course that <laughs> that that's a burn computerized burn so I thought you know have they ever figured 
that out in the comics. Who uh, you know, whoever is you know, whichever is the strongest. Well, mm-hmm. uh, CBR put out a uh, a, a uh, an article. It's like fifteen times the Thor fought the Hulk. Well, the one that I have picked for this week's uh, Marvel Unlimited pick is not the first time that they fought, but rather uh, where it, where they were actually trying to settle this question outright. Uh, this is Journey into Mystery number 112. It was uh, out in January 1965. Uh, Editor-in-chief, of course, was Stan Lee. Cover artists were Jack Kirby, Chick Stone, Stan Goldberg, and Sam Rosen. So, basically what you have is uh, Thor is flying through the city, and he happens upon a group of kids arguing over which one's the strongest. And so he lands down to, to uh, basically tell them a story that happened off camera in Avengers number three. And in Thor's recounting of the events, he and the Hulk traded from the rest of the event during their battle. And Hulk wants to find out if you know who's the strongest. So he this was back in the time when if Thor was separated from his hammer for more than a minute, he would revert back to Donald Blake. Right. He asks Ode to lift the curse for five minutes so he could go toe-to-toe with the Hulk and find out who's the strongest. Mm-hmm. So they fought, and uh, during the course of the battle, Hulk blows up a World War II mine on Thor, but Thor is able to use his speed to bury the Hulk under rubble. So, of course, as has ha- happened many times in the past, the fight ends without settling who exactly is stronger. Right. So, yeah, this it, I did it because they're actually trying to settle that. Right. So well, that's... It, it, that was something that came up in my in, in my house, and my wife is like, well, Thor's a god, and I said, yeah. She goes, well, if Thor's a god, shouldn't he be stronger? I said, yeah, but the thing, and I said, but, and I forgot, something I forgot about Hulk is Hulk doesn't have a, ta- a top end to his strength. The angrier no. he gets, the stronger he gets. Right. Yeah. So sometimes, in, in I've gone on to read the uh, the CBR article, sometimes Thor wins, sometimes Hulk wins, and sometimes neither one wins. <laughs> so is I don't think that we'll ever really true, truly know. No. Do we, do we truly want to know? I don't know. You don't think so. I don't think we want to, yeah. because if we do, then that debate is just settled once and for all, yeah. and we'll never know. This it's, true. it's almost like knowing the backstory of Yoda. We just don't want to know. No, you can't unknow it. Exactly. No. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Uh, I think we've had a pretty decent show this week. Uh, we thank yeah. you guys for joining us. Check out the website, MightyMarvelGeeks.net. Check out Ripped Apparel and Superhero Stuff. There are affiliates. And at Superhero Stuff, check out some of the cool merchandise from BioWorld. Some great stuff there. Um, you want to hit us up? Hit us up on Twitter, on Facebook, or at Twitter, um, at Marvel Geeks, on Facebook at Mighty Marvel Geeks, both page and group, and MMG at MightyMarvelGeeks.net. Um, any final thoughts? I oh. did look up Doctor Strange in the Marvel Superheroes role-playing game. Yeah. And um, this is going to shock y'all. Stats next week? No, just one stat in particular. Okay. His magical ability? Yeah. The game is listed at amazing level. That's amazing. So according according to the according to this game, to these stats, Howard the Duck has the magical chops to equal Doctor Strange. Wow. Wow. On that note, 
Jarvis, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, just time to go dark. So Howard and Strange can go toe-to-toe. Now, at that point, at that point, as Strange, Strange is the uh, Sorcerer Supreme at that point, right? It just says that he has the potential. It's kind of like Anakin Skywalker had the potential to be the greatest Jedi ever, but Obi-Wan Kenobi had the better skills and the better experience. Yeah. Yeah. And the high ground. (laughs) Always having the high ground helps. Unless you know quack food. But you always want to have the high ground when playing The Floor is Lava. This is true. This is true. The ultimate hot foot. <laughs>